0: Welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles Podcast. My name is Dan Johnson. I'm your host. And uh, today we have a really interesting podcast with a gentleman named Timmy Langley from Bear Archery. Now, today we're going to talk about bows and details engineering behind these bows. Timmy is an engineer. And he, he's going to go in detail, which I find very interesting about what makes a good bow a good bow and um, what makes Bear, well, I guess all the details behind Bear and what makes their bows tick the way they tick. Uh, we're going to talk about axle to axle length. We're going to talk about brace height. We're going to talk about limbs. We're going to talk about risers and everything else that goes into... Uh, a bear bow. We're going to talk about design and the engineering as well. So you're going to get a lot of detail in this particular podcast. So without further ado, we're just going to get right into it. All right. On the phone with me now is Timmy Langley of Bear Archery. How's it going today, Timmy?
1: Oh, it's good. I'm I'm looking forward to it.
0: Good, good. Now, before we get into the details and, and start talking about bear bows, I always ask everybody this: How did your how did your hunting season go this past year?
1: <laughs> well, I actually, uh, I actually did was able to harvest a buck, first one in about three years, so it was a long time coming. Uh, right out a Pope and Young, eight pointer, and uh, then I killed a few few does. I, I usually don't have too much trouble killing does, but getting something with horns is uh it was was pretty nice this year
0: <laughs> i think that's a problem a lot of people
1: have yeah <laughs> what
0: uh, what yeah. state do you spend a lot of your time hunting
1: uh, i have a family farm in kentucky um, i actually live in indiana but i do most of my hunting in kentucky so um they, they've got pretty good seasons you know for for bow hunting a pretty long season comes in a little bit earlier than indiana even so i'm a little bit lucky that that's where i get to hunt i think
0: perfect perfect well why don't we kind of get into it but before we get you know start talking about the nuts and bolts why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do uh, for bear along with a little company history
1: yeah okay so obviously uh, my name is Timmy Langley Um, currently I am the design engineer supervisor um, for bear archery Um, I've been with the company uh, for Right, a little over five years. Um, got hired in as a design engineer, and uh, just kind of worked my way up. Um, but uh, went to school for mechanical engineering, and uh, lucked into meeting the right people, I guess, to uh, get into the outdoor industry, and uh, and and here I am with Bear. So, um, Bear uh, is actually owned by Escalade Sports. Um, I Escalade bought bottom in uh, 2003, but uh, as as everybody knows, Bear Archery's been around for uh, years and years. I think the company was actually founded in uh, 1933, so uh, one of the older bow companies, and uh, got a lot of heritage behind it. And um, I'm proud to be working for them.
0: Perfect. I I really like having someone who is an engineer on on the show. And the reason I say that is because I really like it when I can ask the question "why" and you can provide me with details and maybe some numbers <laughs> and statistics to back to back uh, some of those answers up. So what's, Good let's get to. Well,
1: I'll, I'll try to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think you're going to be just fine if you deal with the, the bows every day. I think you're going to be just fine. Now, my my very first question, and I'm I'm sure you have to do you know every year the the people at Bear they sit around the ta- table and they say all right we got to design and engineer the new bow for let's say 2017 when does that mm-hmm. process start and what kind of conversation goes into making a Bear bow
1: well you know the the conversation is kind of ongoing but i guess it always starts as soon as we're done with this year's stuff uh we <laughs> We've got kind of tight schedules and uh, short timelines to get stuff done because uh, the archery industry, everybody wants something new, new, new every year. So, um, But the way it's driven at Bear is uh, we have product managers that kind of do a little bit of market research and uh, kind of follow the trends of the market. And they kind of develop um, a want list, a need list for our line and they will then come to the design engineering group and um, work with us and you know come up with stuff that's feasible Um, where are we lacking Um, what bows have been in our line long enough that we need to kind of refresh them if there's something out there that um, it seems like uh, consumers want and then we don't provide um, what can we do to get into a situation where we will provide that for people so um, the whole design process kind of kicks off as soon as we're done with um, the previous year's um, things. We usually try to do, you know, a few bows every year because we do have such a broad offering of bows that uh, we can't just do one a year and, and keep up. So um, I don't know if that, that that covers everything you ask or not. What um,
0: What's on that need and want list that – that the market research team brings to you every year?
1: Well, usually it's, it's, uh, it starts out with specs. So you're, you're looking at obviously, uh, faster, lighter, stronger, that kind of thing. Um, they want it, they usually everything, uh, well not everything, but a lot of, a lot of people are speed freaks and they, they want the fastest bow they can get for the, uh, the least amount of work they put into it. So, um, so a lot of times they'll come with it, come to us with a, hey, I want a bow that's this to axle and this brace height, and I'd like for it to shoot this speed. You know, is there something you can do to to make that happen for us? Or, you know, hey, we're, we're lacking in a longer to axle bow that um, just shoots shoots really really well. So let's try to develop something like that. Um, you know, the product managers are kind of have. Head- Input all throughout the year, though. So, if something, uh, say in our line, uh, something changes to where um, the the market seems to go, start going to like a longer axle axle bow, and we've been developing, say, a really short axle axle bow. They can come in and be like, "Hey, we're, we're kind of projecting that the trends are going to go a little different direction." So, um, if time allows, sometimes we get get to work on. Uh, altering our designs to uh, accommodate what they want us to do um, right in the middle of the design process.
0: So you you guys got to be on your toes at all times.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And uh, we got a good group of guys that are very adaptable to that. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been fun. It's a, it's a fun industry to work in. Um, and, and it's not just product managers, you know, keeping up to date on the market, um, Everybody in our in our uh, building is very involved in the archery industry. So, um, if if one person hears about it, it doesn't take very long for everybody to hear about it. So,
0: so in in regards to uh, fat, bigger, faster, stronger type of mentality, mm-hmm. as an engineer, you have to put things into perspective for people who maybe, hey, I want this bow to shoot seven hundred feet per second. You know what I mean. <laughs> So yeah. how how do you communicate back to those people saying, you know, I mean, of of all people, you would know that there's a give and take as far as design is concerned. Can can you elaborate on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's easy to back up a lot of the stuff that we talk about with numbers. So um, it, it's really just a mechanical system, a bow, and it, it's it's uh, it stores so much energy, and then whenever you shoot it, it releases. As much of that energy as possible, so um, and then you, you hear people talk about kinetic energy of an, of an arrow, so um, the amount of energy you get into that arrow ultimately turns into your efficiency. Um, so people that want a bow that shoots 700 feet per second um, it's just impossible at the draw length that they're going to be able to shoot at. Um, So for, you know, those are mostly measured speed-wise at a 30-inch draw at 70 pounds. Um, And that is pretty well fixed. Um, The way you can play with that is brace height. A shorter brace height, you're going to get a little more stored energy. A longer brace height, you're obviously going to lose a little bit of that stored energy. And that's really what turns into your speed um, is the efficiency you can create just with that given amount of stored energy, um, you, you can. Uh, I, for the most part, the guys that are trying to drive the ship over here understand uh, where the the uh, limits of speed are about to be. Um, if if you had a bow, I, I'm not. Gonna, I don't remember numbers exactly, but if, if you had a bow that with a six inch brace height um, set to IBO for the speed, thirty inches, seventy pounds. And it was 100% efficient. It's going to be at around 420 feet per second, and that's that's max. You're never going to go over that without having a longer draw length, and that's 100% efficient, which you're never going to get to. So, what takes um, that
0: efficiency down?
1: Um, there's a there's a lot of things. Uh, friction within the system. Um, uh, vibration every every little bit of sound you hear whenever you shoot that is a that is a form of energy release and you are not turning that into um, aero velocity whenever you hear something whenever you feel something there's friction um, it's just no mechanical system um, can ever be a hundred percent efficient uh, just kind of by the laws of physics um, you would have to have perfect, um perfect transfer of energy that it's just impossible to do in in a in a real world situation. So um,
0: the cool the cool thing that I just got out of that is there is a max speed that someone that, that a, a certain a certain um oh uh brace height and draw length can produce is that's correct. With with seventy pounds. So seventy pounds yeah. plus you know, seventy pounds plus a six-inch brace height equals four twenty at one hundred percent efficiency. So literally, with those four twenty is the highest you can go with those. Yeah. With those, that that equation, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you think about it, you 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 understand what a draw force curve is. Um, that is really a a pictorial representation of how much energy you're storing. So what I'm talking about is if you had a perfect draw force curve where as soon as you start pulling on the string, it's 70 pounds. And as soon as you hit max draw weight, it drops down to zero or max draw length, it drops down to zero. So you're storing a perfect square. Um, That much energy, if you turned that 100% into arrow velocity, that's the speed I'm talking about. Um, And like you said, it's, it it does give you a maximum number that could possibly ever happen, but it's never going to because, like I said, that's 100%. Uh, a lot of our bows now are getting up to 85, 86% efficient, which is really phenomenal when you think about um, they, the the highest end in bows in, in the market used to be at 70, 75%. So. Um A few percentage points on that efficiency goes a long way, honestly, in speed um, but that's that's why we're still working on it every day is trying to up those efficiencies. so
0: do you think that there there is a plateau, or is there a magical design or or something that can that can start breaking that speed to make what a consumer would consider? A, a magic bow, the best perfect bow that you know it's it's seven hundred feet per second, it's real easy to draw and it's very accurate. Um
1: yeah, that that's a hard question to answer. But yeah, I think uh the engineer in me doesn't want to say that there is a plateau, but I think there uh there actually probably is. Um and I think honestly the archery industry is starting to approach it. Now short of like you said, um, coming up with a new way of storing energy, a way to store more energy, um, it would it would be uh, something that's not out there right now. Um, in, in a typical compound bow system, where you've got limbs providing um, the the energy you need to shoot the bow, um, and then one set of cams that you draw back one time, um, yeah, I, I don't, I think. 85, 86. If somebody could ever get to 90% efficient, that is, that would be phenomenal. But um, if you're, if you're wanting to get over, if you're wanting to get another big boost in speed, you're looking at, I think, a new system. You've got to have a secondary energy storing mechanism. Um, And like I said, you're probably looking at like a different draw length type deal, um, brace heights would have to get involved. It'd be, it's going to start looking radically different than a bow, I think. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so
0: NASA will have to be involved is what you're telling me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we got them on the phone. So. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: when it comes to, I guess, smoothness, smoothness of draw and, and, um, like overall shootability, mm-hmm. they're, what what makes a bow? I guess what is how does forgiveness play into this? Is it the brace height that that controls that, or is it the axle to axle that controls the forgiveness?
1: Um, I, I think uh, that that's a little bit of a um, each person's kind of got their own idea of what they think forgiveness is. Um, t- typically, you know, a larger brace height and a longer axle-to-axle bow is a little easier to shoot. People say it has forgiveness, um, and and that's a term that is typically used, but the way I I think about it is um, it's just easier to shoot. And it's easier to shoot because say on a longer longer axle-to-axle bow, um, you just have a better string angle that's going to fit your face better, um, and it typically is going to weigh a little more. Um, most people don't realize that, but a little bit heavier bow actually shoots a little nicer. Um, there's a lot of things that go into that long riser to make it a stable platform that uh, that translate into a very shootable bow. Um, then the brace height too. A, a longer brace height is typically thought of as a more forgiving brace height, but to get a short brace height, you have to put a bunch of reflex in the bow. And a reflex is how much the actual riser, um, the, let's, let's say, the uh, points of contact for the limbs on the riser are out in front of the actual grip. So if you look at it from the side, it kind of gives you a C shape. Um, by having those points of contact out in front of your, your hand and your grip, there are, it's easier to torque that bow. Um, so you have to have your side loads balanced a little bit more uh, the way you hold the bow back. And it wants to torque on you because uh, your your pivot points are out in front of, or your pivot points behind where your limbs are mounted. So if you have a straight riser, um, there's not as much torque induced into that riser whenever you're shooting it, which makes it, feel like it shoots better because it's easier to shoot well because it doesn't torque in your hand. Um, I'm, I might have got a little off topic there, but...
0: No, <coughs> but no, yeah, that's so, fine.
1: Yeah, so typically, though, like I said, the uh, it is easier to shoot a bow that's got a bigger brace and a longer axle-to-axle. I think the brace height deal, um, we've made a lot of strides... In the last few years even just at Bear, on on making a shorter brace height bow feel like a longer brace height bow so um the in the last few years we've had several bows that they kind of had two models had a six inch brace and a seven inch brace and um if you shot those with a blindfold on i would venture to say most people couldn't even tell the difference in the last few years so whenever i think about that if it shoots just as well for me at a six inch brace, I'm getting more power stroke. It's going to be faster. Why not shoot the shorter brace? And I think that's why you see, even in the industry, um, the typical everybody had a seven inch brace bow is kind of turning into everybody has a six inch brace bow now. And that goes to the engineers all over the industry that's um, making a more stable riser, um, figuring out ways to use uh, shorter limbs and just make the bows more shootable. Mm
0: -hmm. got you so when you guys are designing when you guys are designing these bows what's what's the end goal i mean obviously from a company standpoint it's to make money but when when you have a finished product what's the goal
1: well well, just that number one you want uh you want to be profitable so you don't you want all the components to be um made in a way that is economically feasible, but then you also want it to uh, perform like, like you were at, like it was asked to perform and be aesthetically pleasing to the consumer. So, you know, we want to have a product where Whenever somebody sees their buddy shooting it, they're they like they walk up to it and they're like, hey, I want to see that because that's cool. I want to know what's going on with that and I may go check one out myself. I mean that's the end goal for us. Um, we want everybody to believe in the product and be very interested in it because that turns into sales for us. And um, like you said, I mean that is the real end goal is, is selling as many as we can and getting people behind the the brand and behind the, the product and uh, I think we've done a good job in the last few years of doing that. Um, the product is there, um, we're, we, we've got marketing efforts all over the place and, um, and people are starting to realize that uh, bare bows are here and um, they've been really upticked in the last few years and uh, we're really proud of them. So.
0: Perfect, perfect. So speaking of that, let's get into some of the bows, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the specs in, the, in, the, in your product lineup. Um, mm-hmm. what, what bow is new for 2016?
1: Okay, so we had a, a, a few, but uh, what we would call our flagship would be the Escape. Um, so this bow is a 350 feet per second bow, uh, weighs in at four pounds. It uh, has a six-inch brace height and is 32 inches axle-to-axle. Axle. Um, and it's it's right there in that sweet spot of what most hunters are kind of using right now is a 32-inch axle-to-axle, six-inch brace bow. Um, and uh, it's it's got the same uh, stuff that we've been using for the last couple years on it. It's got our uh, bear hinge guard. It's got the... Uh, Bidimensionally dimensionally adjustable string suppressors, which is something you'll notice on bare bows and, and no other bows because that's uh, some of the technology that we've developed. Um, it, it makes a huge difference to have the extra uh, suppression for the string. Um, this bow actually has the H15 hybrid cams on it that comes with an optional limb stop. Um, so you can fit the bow to, f- to your shooting style. and. Uh, it actually comes in a few few colors, too, just kind of like we introduced a couple of years ago, so you can get it in sand, olive shadow, and uh real tree extra green um, but this bow is going to be a hot bow it's it's uh we actually used a seventy seventy five riser this year on this bow um, it's got a whole new pocket system and uh we're excited for it to get out and let people shoot it because uh, the bow speaks for itself once you shoot it. It's 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 great. So
0: do me a favor real quick. You mentioned a, a term there, string suppressor. For, okay. for those who don't know what that is, what does a string suppressor do?
1: So obviously if you think of like, uh, I don't know, a guitar or something, you pluck the string and it vibrates. Um, Same thing on a bow you shoot it and the string vibrates. So a string suppressor is a uh, Dampening device that um, it kind of just mounts right up to your string. So when you shoot the string uh, oscillations die down quickly and um, It it ultimately makes the bow have less vibration on the shot and less less noise on the shot so so
0: Does that affect arrow flight on the follow through of that string?
1: Um, You know, if I can't say no, but not in uh, in a way that makes the bow untunable. Gotcha. Um, They they definitely um, they definitely these bows tune great. So there's there's no tuning issues Um, under a high speed camera which we do actually have and, and use some. Um, you can't see that the arrow is doing anything different, but the string path is different um, with the suppressors than without them. So um, to tell you that it doesn't do anything to the arrow I think would be a lie, but under high speed you can't see the arrow doing anything different. So um and and the main thing that to to take, to take out of it is the like i said the the tuning's not an issue so um as long as the the arrow tunes out of your bow with or without them, which it does um it's it's really a non issue got yeah.
0: now who what kind of person buys this is this for a hunter or is this for a target shooter or both
1: um we would like to say both, but you're probably going to see mostly hunters buying this bow because like I said, it's a 32 inch axle to axle, 6 inch brace. So uh, a little bit faster, 350 feet per second. So most of your target shooting guys don't care that it goes 350 feet per second. Um, and they would rather have a little longer axle to axle bow um, for, for shooting arrows at targets. Um, this, is, this is really our flagship hunting bow, um, light bow and uh, it's really that that smaller package bow um in the 32 by 6 that that hunters are looking for it fits into a ground blind easily um easy to maneuver up on a up in a tree stand uh it's really it's really more of a hunting bow so. got yeah
0: and uh, so what's the difference between the escape and the escape sd
1: so we actually have the Escape SD-2. Um, the, the really, the difference is it's got some different limbs and cams on it, um, but the riser is, is shared between the two bows. Um, obviously, the, the SD is, is a short-draw version of the Escape. Okay. Um, so the SD shoots 325 feet per second um, at... 27 and a half inches. So the bow only goes from 23 and a half inches to 27 and a half inches in the draw length range. The escape will go from 25 and a half to 30. So it's, it's really a smaller frame bow that's going to um, fit that smaller frame person. Okay. Um, and, it looks- and it comes with some different um, accented color options uh, for, for, the, for the ladies out there. And then uh, you can get it without the accents too, if you've got like a, a younger younger guy that just doesn't quite fit the stature that needs to be there for a full size bow.
0: Okay. So let's see the next uh, the next bow, or it looks like both of those are are retailing for roughly uh, nine hundred bucks. Is is that a goal uh, of yours? Is is for certain products that you guys make or certain bows to fall in a perfect or into a a certain price point or do you guys say hey let's build this bow to the best of our our ability and then we'll worry about price point last
1: um yeah we we uh when we start the projects there's usually a, a price point in mind um now sometimes say if we want the bow to To do something that uh, we need a little more money in it to be able to do, that's when the price points change a little. So, um, but yeah, we typically try to to keep it in a cost of goods that would allow us to uh, keep it at the same type price point that we start the project with. Um, If you think back even a few years ago, uh, the top end bows for bear were $750. And uh, as you've seen our uh, technology go up, so is the price a little bit so um, the technology isn't free and uh, <laughs> that's that's one of the hardest things to to uh, market I guess is to make people understand that uh, if you want the bow to do everything you want it to do, you've got to pay for it a little bit sometimes so um, but yeah we we tr- we do try to target some certain price points uh, to to position the bows in the market with with the competition, or or maybe even a little bit better than with than the competition, um, just uh, marketing strategy, and uh, and that's kind of that's kind of goes back to what I was saying about product managing product management kind of driving the whole project. They're kind of the the numbers numbers guys behind it, and uh, we try to keep the engineers out of it. Most of our engineers don't even know the price points of the bows. Whenever people ask, it's it's just not on our radar. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So does that, so does that, do you guys, are you guys using the same material, uh, all the time, uh, when it comes to these bows or is there a new unique material that comes out every year that you guys have to fiddle with?
1: Um, we, we do explore new materials. Um, uh, every year we're, we're, we have it on our radar if something new comes out and we definitely try to develop ways to use the new material, but that kind of goes into what you were saying about price points. Um, for the most part, all the new stuff that's really cool is really expensive, so... Um,
0: <laughs> that's, why, that's how there, it is for everything.
1: Yeah, so if there was something out there that, say say they come out with some new alloy aluminum that's just the best thing in the world and we want to start making risers out of it, um, that $899 or $900 bow might turn into $1,200 or something. And then, you know, the the rest of the company has to come into it and and be like the product managers say we want to do this and sales has to get behind it and say, well, is it that much better so we can sell a bunch of them? And, you know, there's even if it's the coolest thing in the world, there's no point doing it if you can't sell any of them. So, um, but yeah, we're definitely always looking at materials. Um, Most of all of our risers are aluminum some type of some form of aluminum we have 7075, we have sixty sixty one um, those have been a pretty well a staple in the industry for a while um, you know there's there's companies out there that um, play in the carbon field and um, we're definitely interested in that uh, but if if we ever get into that we're gonna make sure we're doing it right and we're not just kind of doing a me too type of thing we, we would want to um, Develop. We would want to have a reason that the bow is better than our aluminum bow to come out with it. So. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, are,
0: are your risers, are they machined or molded?
1: Um, we have some of both. Um, the, typically, the higher price point stuff is all machined. Okay. Um, so like our, our flagship bows actually come out of a forging, and then they're fully machined. Um, and, and we do all of that work right there in Gainesville, Florida, um, where, our, where our manufacturing facility is. So, um, so this is a U.S.
0: Some, this is a United States bow, right? This is made oh, in America. yeah, gotcha.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah the, the factory. So, so, Fred, you know, like I said, um, started the company in '33, uh, I think, and then. Um, back and forth and and did all kinds of stuff way before I was born and uh, um, lots of stuff but then Escalade and actually I think it was like 78 he moved it from Grayling Michigan to Gainesville Florida where it is today so and then when Escalade bought it um, Escalade's head headquarters is in Evansville Indiana but the factory still in Gainesville Florida where they're making them
0: perfect all right, so the next bow that I have here, I'm on your website. The next bow uh-huh. is the BR33. Do you want to talk about that one?
1: Yeah, so that one is uh, is is still what we would call a flagship bow, um, but you can kind of see from the specs, it is a little different bow than the Escape. So the uh, BR33 only only uh, IBO is at 330 feet per second a little bit heavier, 4.2 pounds, but it's a bigger bow. It's a seven inch brace height and 33 and a quarter inch axle to axle. Um, so going back to what we were saying, this is going to be more of a easier to shoot bow, um, what you were saying, more forgiving bow. Um, the, the larger brace height, if, even if you just look at those two bows side by side, which you could do on the, on the website, You can see that the riser on the BR-33 is even straighter than the Escape, and that factors into how uh, well the bow holds and doesn't want to torque in your hand when you're shooting it. Um, But so even on this bow, new for this year, um, new cam system, um, the EAZ hybrid cam, uh, it's a little smoother cam than... uh, what would what would you find on the escape? And that was by design because we wanted this to be a shooter's bow. So um, we've typically always had some single cam bows in our line. Um, the, the idea with this cam system was to create a hybrid cam system that feels a lot more like a single cam system, but still gives you the speed of a hybrid cam system. So um, a lot of times, you know we've got a lot of loyal people that that <clears throat> want to shoot a single cam bow and they just won't even think about shooting a hybrid cam bow but when we put this bow in their hands uh, their eyes kind of light up cuz they can it, it feels like a single cam bow to a lot of people but you're still going to get the speed at at 330 feet per second that it's hard to get with a single cam bow so what what's the
0: so you mean single cam bow meaning only one cam
1: yeah. So, um, t- typically we've had, um, what we call single cam. So that's the cam system. So the top on a single cam system, the top, um, is the top cam, I'm going to say cam is actually an idler wheel. It's perfectly circular. Gotcha. And, gotcha. Uh, on a, on this hybrid system that, that we're putting on our bows now is, uh, it, it actually is not a circle on the top and it's got two tracks. So um, it's kind of slave to the bottom cam, but by having a cam on top and bottom, you can build weight faster, and um, there, there's, there's a few advantages to it, um, but like I said, it's, typically it's a faster cam, but it doesn't feel as smooth because, just because the reason it's faster, you're building weight so much faster, it's falling off faster, and uh, it doesn't have the smooth feel of, say, what we call a single cam bow.
0: perfect all right so then and then we start getting into uh a couple of what the arena was last year right
1: yeah yeah that was our flagship last year so we usually try to keep you know let let the bows ride for a couple years depending on how the sales are on them Um, and uh, those were both uh, both good bows for us Um, you can see quite a quite a difference from the Arenas to the new bows this year, um, like I said, new grip, new pockets, um, some some new cams. So uh, there's been a lot of engineering put into the new flagships this year. But um, the Arenas are still great bows, though. So you can kind of see that they cover the the wide spectrum of a 30 inch axle axle all the way to a 34 inch axle axle. So
0: okay. So let's uh let's take a jump all the way down to it looks like some of these are are put in here by by price point, you know. Uh-huh. We have, you know, the arena which we, we talked about basically four right right now. Now I'm going to go yeah. all the way down to the end and I want to I want to talk about some of these these lower price point uh ones like the what is this one? The Cruiser okay and is that that looks like it's it's only four hundred dollars compared to nine hundred dollars what's the uh-huh. what's the talk about this one a little bit is this kind of just like a stock bow um
1: this one is uh it's actually like a highly adjustable bow um probably i'd probably label it as more of an entry level um you can buy this for you know your your 12 to 13-year-old kid, and uh, it'll go from 12 inches to 30 inches draw length and actually all the way from 5 to 70 pounds. So as your child's growing, um, they, this bow can grow with them. Um, or if you're already an adult and not really into archery and not real sure um that you're ready to spend a thousand dollars on a bow, um, this can get you shooting in a hurry. And like like it says on there, it comes with the RTH package. It comes with the rest, sight, quiver, everything you need except for the arrows to uh, be shooting in your backyard. So um, this bow is uh, is really going after a highly adjustable market. Okay. So. Which
0: one of these bows, of all the bows, and and you can even include some of the ones that we haven't talked about, would be perfect for someone who is just getting into archery, but you know wants to take bow hunting seriously or or archery seriously, but they need a, a good bow to start off with.
1: Um. Yeah. Uh. We just hit on one that would be a good one. That cruiser. Um. A lot of it can even go into um, the actual person. So like this year we came out with what we're calling the cruiser light, which is going to be a a really hot bow for us, but it's, it is not a toy, but it is a kid's bow. It it is a small stature bow. It's 27 and an eighth inch axle to axle comes in a lot of colors. Um, but it's, it fits the people that um, it's designed for. So if, if you're small framed, if you're if you're a kid, um, this is definitely what you want to look at. So like the cruiser, you know, goes to, it goes down to 12 inch draw length. But the kid that's gonna fit a 12 inch draw length is probably not even as tall as that bow is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, so
1: that's kind of what we went after with the cruiser light. So um, for kids, I would, I would point them toward cruiser lights and uh, cruisers, depending on their stature. Um, for adults, uh, somebody trying to get into it, it would be hard to look past um, our Marshall single cam at the price point that it is available at. Um, but what you're kind of getting into there is, does the 23 to 30 inches fit you on your draw length? Um, That's a pretty big range, so for the most part that's probably going to. Um, A single cam bow like that, um, there's no timing issues, so if you're new to archery you don't have to worry about the bow coming in or out of time. Um, And and like I said, single cams typically have a smoother draw cycle, so if you're new to archery you haven't built the muscles yet that um, you're going to need to shoot you know, 40, 50 arrows a day, um, a bow with a smoother draw cycle is going to be a better choice for you, I would say. Um, and then all of our, uh, our bows below, like our flagship level bows, um, are available in these RTH packages, uh, ready to hunt packages, um, with, uh, trophy ridge accessories. Uh, we actually own trophy ridge as well, so, um, lucky, lucky for us, we get to put some of the best, uh, Best accessories on these package bows, and uh, be proud to be selling them like that. So, I good. think that would be probably my uh, my my uh, suggestion would probably be a Marshall for a, somebody brand new to the archery industry and just trying to get into it. Um, and then, like like I said, it kind of goes into your price range too. Um, it's it's what you want to spend. You know, typically we see that people either buy like an entry level, low price point, low as they can, or they step up to a uh, flagship model. Um, we have the tracks that I, I don't actually know the uh, price point. It's probably 649 with the package, something like that.
0: Yep, that's what it that
1: is. That is as almost as good of a, um, performing bow is our, some of our flagship bows. doesn't have some of the bells and whistles. It doesn't have the hinge guard. It um, doesn't have a couple little things um, that, that that turn our flagship bows, you know, up a little bit. But price to performance value, um, some of these bows in the middle of our lineup, like the tracks, are, are way out in front of uh, the competition and even some of uh, some bows that we've offered in the past. These these bows that are in the middle of our lineup are the best bang for your buck you can get right now.
0: So. Good. So there, there's kind of a mid-weight one. Now I want to ask you a question about guys like us. We're hardcore bow hunters, and it seems mm-hmm. that some of these guys they need to have a new bow every year or every couple of years. That's where they that's where they put their money into. Now, mm-hmm. let's say a guy's been shooting another brand for years or he's never he's never dabbled in a in with bear before why uh, why should someone could consi- why should these guys these hardcore bow hunters or hardcore archery guys why should they consider a bear
1: well i think it's uh i would have to point to the uh to the advancement that we've come out with uh lately um i know that even before I was involved with bear um it went through a few um, ownership changes and kind of got i don't i don't know what the term would be, but maybe a black eye on uh, some of the quality and some of the stuff was overlooked um, but that was years ago, and we have definitely turned all of that around so um, you know like you said, a lot of people kind of just write it off as a brand that they won't even look at. Um, But we've come a long way in uh, upgrading our our quality, upgrading our technology, upgrading um, just the bows. They are as good as anything out there. Um, I don't tell anybody that they should go buy our bow, but I tell people they should go shoot them. So um, if you shoot it alongside any other flagship bow out there, it's going to perform right at or better than all of them and uh, if you're truly um, not biased toward anything and you're shooting something for the the feel of it and you're shooting something for the quality of it um, then there's no reason not to look at bear as a potential uh, bow that you would consider buying Um, and I think we've come a long way and I think we've got a lot of people starting to realize that um, that The bows are, the technology's there, the bows are there. They're as good as any bow out there when you shoot them. We've just got to get people in the doors to shoot them. So, Um, but, and then we still have a few things that set us apart, you know, uh, patented items on the bows. Um, Like I said earlier, the dual suppressors, you're only gonna see that on a bare bow because it's some of the uh, technology that we own. and then, even if you step down into some of the package, like I said, uh, we own we we are Trophy Ridge as well. So whenever we put a package together, it's got quality pro or quality accessories on it, which sets our bows up even better than uh, than other companies out there. So um, there's several reasons to get people to shoot them, but, like I said, once they shoot them, that should make the decision for them. If you shoot it and and you can't shoot it worth a worth anything, then it's not the bow for you. But um, at least shoot it and see how it shoots. So.
0: Nice. So I know, you know, the ATA show just got over, and you guys just I don't know when did you release when did you uh, release the escape? Was it at the ATA show or was it before the season started? <laughs>
1: Uh, it was before. Um, t- typically, yearly, we try to release our product October 1st, um, and I don't know where that came from. That's just ever since I've been involved in the company, that's kind of been the uh, the thought. Um, I I don't know if it goes into having it on the shelves a little bit for, for the season for people to see. Um, one thing cool that we've done that Maybe even a little bit behind the scenes is a uh, the last few years we've done a preview program um, to where certain dealers can sign up to be involved in this preview program, and we bust our butts to get a bunch of bows new for the year built and shipped and at their door when we release the bows so you know, a few years ago, it was, hey, here's the bows. You can look at them on our website, but you're not going to see one for, you know, two or three months because they're not going to ship for two or three months. Um, we've we really came a long way the last few years of getting our bows done earlier so we can get them shipped earlier. And um, by the time we get to the ATA show, it seems like most of our dealers nowadays have already seen the bows. Um, they seem excited about them, but they're like, "Hey, I've got them at my shop. I've already shot them. Let's sit down and write some orders." So, right. um, kind of a good deal
0: for us. <laughs> that, that's one but, thing I've I've never I've never understood is why a company will release a bow on for you know for the most part hunting seasons have already started throughout the United States on mm-hmm. October 1st and or start yeah. on October 1st. So it blows me out of the water why they're not releasing bows, uh, let's say August 1st.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I, I am not really the, the one in charge of that at our company, but I, I would not be surprised if in the future some of that is addressed and you start seeing a little bit of a, a change throughout the industry. I know we've had internal discussions about that too and uh as of right now i would say that it's just kind of a that's how we've always done it type thing um that's when some, a lot of the other companies do it um it doesn't doesn't make any more sense because more people do it but um that's kind of the reasoning i have as to why it is like that right now that's right um uh, but like you said there's definitely um could be some times of the year that make a little bit more sense um and even Kind of getting off topic a little bit, but even with some of our other brands, you know, we have Trophy Ridge and we have Cajun Bow Fishing, um, and we try to release all those at the same time. But those are different, um, different sports. Sometimes, you know, the bow fishing is more of like a spring summer type thing. So we've had the talks of does it make more sense to release that at a different uh, different time of the year? Um, so I don't know what the future holds for bear, but I wouldn't be surprised if someday that there could be some shifts in uh, when the stuff is actually released. Um, a lot of it goes back into making the money and uh, when when the sales are and when the retailers want the stuff. But um, like I said, all that's above my pay grade. I just uh, kind of <laughs> do what they say. So. <laughs>
0: so you got any insider information for uh for us from bear as maybe what uh what's coming down the pipeline
1: oh you know i can't talk about any of that stuff oh boy um, <laughs> no we we definitely like i said uh we're, we're looking at new materials we're looking at uh at uh new cam technology um and and we're looking at refreshing a lot of the stuff that has been successful for us so um we're we're hard at work i'd say we are close to halfway through the development cycle for next year's product and a few few uh, projects are going that are going to take more than a year to finish so um there's there's a lot of good things coming coming in the future um uh, but i can't get into too much detail because somebody might hear this is not supposed to
0: oh and then they'll they'll try to like rip and they'll try to rip you off
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> well even even within our company you know we try to we want it to be a surprise whenever we release stuff too so there's a buzz about it and uh and causes people to be interested in it so perfect perfect
0: well, I tell you what, Timmy, I really appreciate this. I mean, you, you have shed some light from an engineering, uh, standpoint on, on, on bows, not just bare bows, but bows in general, that I think a lot of people are going to find interesting. So thank you very much for taking time to come on the show.
1: Yeah, no problem. It was, uh, it was my pleasure. And, uh, if you, if you guys ever have any other questions, just, uh, feel free to look us up, um, check out our website and, uh. It's it's always there. So
0: <laughs> yeah. So we're uh, the, the last question I have for you is where if people have more you know want more information or have questions about uh, about your products where uh, where can you send them?
1: Well, like I said, we have a couple brands, but uh, BearArchery.com would be uh, the place to start. Um, it has all the products on it. Uh, there'll be links to some of our uh, Trophy Ridge and Cajun bow fishing. Um, we have uh, active Facebook pages. You can check it out on Facebook. Just search for Bear Archery and you'll find it. And uh, even on the BearArchery.com, there's a, a dealer locator. You can just uh, put your zip code in and it'll tell you the closest place to go check them out. So um, everybody, everybody is uh, on the internet these days, and uh, that's that's nothing new. So it's pretty easy to find what you're looking for. Just uh, type it in and, and it'll tell you where it is. <laughs>
0: I think you're going to agree that uh, there was definitely a lot of information in this podcast. Uh, thanks, Timmy, for coming on the show and talking about Bear Bows. Also, I want to thank you guys for listening. Not a lot uh, going on at the end of this podcast today. Make sure you guys are subscribing in Stitcher or iTunes and uh, leave a leave a comment. Um, right now I have a 26 five-star reviews. I want to get it up to... 100,000 five-star reviews. That would be awesome. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway, go to Facebook, go to Twitter, go to Instagram. uh, Follow, like, click, all that stuff. Tell your friends about this. And um, also, make sure you guys are following along on the other podcasts, like the Hunter Profile podcast and the uh, Bow Review podcast as well. So, there you go another podcast in the books and remember to wear your damn safety harness